1: Interesting. All
0: right. So what's the most unrealistic thing you believe in? The most unrealistic thing I believe
2: in. Wow. Um. Well, it's kind of not, I guess it's realistic to me. Um. It just that you create your own reality. I believe that so much.
1: To what extent? Like, do you believe that if you were able to tap into that energy completely, that you could, like, say, conjure something? In front Absolutely.
2: Of you? Yep. I think that's how they made the pyramids.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No one can explain that. No one can explain that. I mean, I was having this conversation the other night. It's like you can't explain how, the, like, the I don't know the, who the people are that make the straight lines on rock, big stones, but they can't even do that today with machinery. Yeah. How did they have it at that time? They couldn't move those rocks today, to build the blocks that build the pyramids without serious machine that they didn't have then. And no one, I, I really want to, I want to hear what the, the tour guides are telling all of the people that are going <laughs> past the pyramids. How is this shit built? Because it doesn't, no one can explain it.
1: All right. If there was one behavior or action in the world that you could get everyone to do or stop doing, what would it be?
2: Uh, everyone would meditate for at least 15 minutes a day. Every day. Not, I try sometimes. Not, I have an app and I fall asleep when I listen to it.
0: Every day. Every day how how do you build habits you personally uh it's just repetition i mean but like how do you even stick to the repetition (laughs) like i've just got self-discipline where did you get that
2: i think i probably my parents because they were really
0: hard workers and they were just they just i just saw that yeah how would you recommend somebody get self-discipline if they didn't grow up with it
2: um, probably self-love and self-respect, which probably might sound a bit weird. So somebody said to me the other day, like, why wouldn't you honor your word? Yeah. If you said you were going to do something, why wouldn't you do that for yourself? Like often we, we find it easier on our work. I mean, sometimes people don't, but honor the word, their word for somebody else. That so they say they're going to do something for somebody else. But why wouldn't you do that? If you say you're going to achieve
0: something, yeah. why wouldn't you just honor yourself? Totally. Yeah, man.
1: I feel like, you know, I understand that it makes sense. I still don't know if I could take that information and then use it practically. I'm somebody who has a lack of discipline and is something that I struggle with. And it's hard, you know, I'm a procrastinator. I'll wait till the very end to, to do something.
0: He um, also grew up with no examples of self-discipline or doing what you say you're going to do. So, a-
2: yeah, I probably, have you ever tried, have you ever, has discipline ever won over you and just been, and you've achieved something and you just feel like ridiculously amazing because of it?
1: Certainly, I'd say that, uh, going, yeah, going back to nursing school, older in life, I was, uh, definitely put that to the test. It was a rigorous program, so the courses were challenging. I couldn't just kind of skate by with the very minimal amount of effort as I had done in the past. Um, and that's, I mean, if I, I'll rise to meet a challenge, but if it's.
0: But he doesn't give himself challenges. Yeah, and meet them.
1: Yes, exactly. I have trouble assigning a value to those challenges that makes it overcome whatever other lazy thing that I prefer to be doing.
0: Well,
2: I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, procrastination is an interesting one because I think I was just talking about this the other day in Women's Circle actually, and um, that's another thing that comes up, why I see women aren't achieving, you know, and because, the ego is very interesting. I'm very, I'm very, a lot of people are like, I don't have ego. Everybody has ego. And it's usually people in the corporate world that like. I don't have an ego. Yes, you do. Um, and I think that it's interesting because procrastination is usually the ego's way of making you feel busy. So it's like, look at me, I'm doing this. And look at me, I'm painting this like wall, and I'm painting this fence that needs it. But you're actually not. There's a there's a book I love, which is called Eat That Frog. Yeah,
0: that one's been recommended on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah.
2: and it's all about like getting up in the morning and being like what is the big thing I need to do today? Yeah. And it's certainly not what you want to start with. You're like, I'll just write back to that email and I'll just maybe like send a few, oh, there's a few Facebook messages I'm supposed to get back to. But really that doesn't get you anywhere. Um, and another mantra that I lived by when I was in the corporate world was that your inbox is somebody else's to-do list. Mm. So don't open that up. Yeah. Not yet because you're just getting back to what other people need. Eat the frog first. Um, and that's why, yeah, procrastinating because it's like procrastinating is the same feeling as not being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel the ego's also involved in that process. So it makes you feel like you're doing something, but in the end of the day, you're like, I've really done nothing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Trevor just made the courageous decision to, to quit Reddit like two weeks ago. And how do you feel as a result of that?
1: I feel good. And I didn't even realize that it was making me not feel (laughs) good.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think I also have like trouble, like, until you asked me that question, I hadn't really considered how that change had affected me at all. So I don't even realize when I, I do something, you know, There's usually a catalyst to make it happen, and then I don't take the time to reflect upon it, just to even weigh the choices, good or bad. It's probably i awesome
0: <laughs> What is the most
2: annoying thing about people? So, you know, I do a lot with essential oils. So smelling bad.
0: Oh. are you dying oh, in pie yes
2: yes i'm like let's shower people Let's like not do ecstatic dance in the mud and then like not wash our feet for like three days yeah. you should immediately be getting in the shower if you want to roll around in the mud like just yeah bad scent i just i have no time for bad scent
1: <laughs> funny good answer
0: i recommend you read my favorite book of all time i think you'll like it it's jitterbug perfume jitterbug perfume i'm gonna write that down and also, you should check out our, our podcast episode with Tashi, a man who uh, created a hostel in Nepal based around this book. Scent is powerful. I mean, yeah, that's what it's all about. It's all about um, enlightenment essentially through scent, but it's about way more than that. It's about sexuality, immortality, yeah. uh, history, religion, all, food, all the good things, bathing.
1: What is something that is really popular now but in five years everybody will look back on and be embarrassed by
0: porn no i wish <laughs> maybe 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 that would i can't be really imagine good it it might be five
1: years i don't
0: th- i can't imagine i mean that's it's it's so insidious no one uh no, i don't see how we're solving that problem i really hope that would be great if that was the case um what is your favorite thing about yourself
2: uh probably just the the fact that i'm just going to go through all the fear because on the other side is like there's no other option even though it's so uncomfortable i've just got to keep going
0: do you know the fiona apple song uh extraordinary machine no I've, I've been like thinking the lyrics throughout this whole conversation i feel like it's your it's your anthem it's, uh, <laughs> If there was a better way to go, it would find me. I can't help it. The road just weighs up behind, to, behind me, be kind to me or treat me mean. I'll make the best of it. I'm an extraordinary machine. Uh, that is like, but I'm good at being uncomfortable. So I, something, something, you should listen to it. It's very pretty. <laughs> it does.
2: Yeah. I mean that for me, it's like, I don't care. Like if you don't on board, it's not going to stop me, mm-hmm. you know? And I always had that mentality in the, in the corporate world as well. It's like. It's okay. I'll just go around you. It's not a problem. It's a
1: powerful attitude.
2: Yeah, well, otherwise it's an excuse, right? Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: What is your most embarrassing story from childhood?
2: Oh, I wish you'd sent me these questions beforehand. The most embarrassing story from childhood. I
0: don't know if I have an embarrassment. I'm sure I do. I just can't think of it. Have you ever been an easily embarrassed person? Probably, Um
2: you know, I think there was a moment when um, I remember one memory when I was um, at the circus with my parents. So my dad always used to take us to the circus, and it's—I mean—it's a bit of a stupid story, but like um, I had to like go to the bathroom, and so I think he took me like out the back of the circus tent. I mean, it's very Australian to like pee in the bush. I think the, the it was probably in the bush. This circus, and um, and I remember my dad's glasses. <laughs> As he was probably holding my skirt, I was like all oh, but five or something. His glasses fell out and I just peed on top of them. Uh. <laughs> I really think that's affected me. Like, it came up in one of my um, exceptional existence reboot method, the subconscious. And I was like, holy shit. Cause I was so embarrassed. Like, I was like, oh my God, dad, I'm sorry. I peed on your glasses. That's the only thing I can do right now. But yeah, they, he was like, shit. He was like swearing. And, uh. Yeah. And as a little girl, I was really, yeah, I was really embarrassed. Uh.
1: That's another thing. Going back to the nursing school, like one of the things that I found interesting was about potty training and they were really similar with the whole sex of like, you have to be really careful. Yeah, it might be frustrating if it's the third time that this, you know, small child has peed their pants, but the way that you react as a parent in those circumstances has a dramatic effect on that child. Yeah. Really. Because this, you know, it can be. You don't understand what's happening. Why are you mad at me? Like I don't have control over this. I physically can't even. <laughs> and then, like you know, I can understand the frustration on a parent's side. I'm like, what the?
0: Yeah, yeah. I met a boy at the party last night who was telling me he had to wear a diaper until he was 13 because when he was like potty training at three, his dad so thoroughly traumatized him that then like his bowels were just completely out of order and like went to all these doctors nothing could figure it out and then his dad died and then a couple of years later he started smoking weed and that's the thing that finally like made it work when he was 13 he was able to chill out enough that his bowels could function properly Our parents have a huge effect on us huge
1: huge uh, terrifying and
0: <laughs> and it is yeah.
2: terrifying and I think to be a parent too, you mean know, it's yeah, like they're like oh and- i yeah absolutely and actually this is another thing I remember my mom told me that when I was younger I used to go to the bathroom I was like three and I'd go to the bathroom and I would be like I didn't even have time to go to the toilet like I'd be like oh my god I've got to go off and do this like so this is
0: you're already probably so driven me. that you're like, I don't have time to pee. <laughs> so apparently, I would like pee,
2: but then I would be like running down the hallway, pulling my pants off. <laughs> She's like, you had nowhere to go. You were three, like you weren't going anywhere, honey. But like, I was like, oh my god, I gotta go do this. So I think it's always probably been yeah, oh. I've always been like, oh my god, it's so many things to do. Which life is so exciting. Oh. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful
1: though. <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> What is the book that has most influenced your life?
0: Eckhart Tole, The Power of Now. I think that's our most... No, second most after The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That's it's the most level recommended level. one on the podcast. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's crazy. I mean, how how common these books are coming up. Yeah, and I still not
0: Oh, my. <laughs> no. We'll start. Yeah, we're gonna just... we're gonna have a new disciplined morning routine now that we've had this yeah. inspirational talk. Uh, we were already we're talking about
1: those... that. We were just saying we should read in the morning nonfiction. Yeah, you know, something How We we've morning.
0: tried so many times throughout our relationship to like really stick to a morning routine, and like in and when we were living in the states, we had like a uh i don't know like a board a, a pretty picture frame that i like did hand lettering with the steps of our morning routine to like try to inspire us and just like we're not
2: <laughs> they say 40 days to create oh, a routine right I think 40 30 30 well there you go you just gonna do it from. <laughs> and i think <laughs> also you look at it a different yeah. a little differently like look at it and think well this is actually not a bad thing it's not like i'm getting up in the morning and, yeah like, trekking up into the mountains to like um, yeah so it's like so i don't really, know how we get out of the habit place. like we,
0: we enjoy s- it
1: while we're doing it we yeah. enjoy the effects of it and then we just <laughs> yeah you i was it. saying like
0: we're at our we're at our very best and, like living our best lives when we're reading hiking and dancing and like these are yeah, our favorite have- things to do and sometimes we just like forget that they're our favorite things to do and forget about doing them and then when we do them again we're like how did we go for weeks without this yeah are- that's crazy what's yeah. happening what life practices do you do to keep yourself sane and balanced?
2: My morning practice. Well, okay, my morning practice, so gratitude, reading, coffee always, uh, meditation, exercise every day. Sometimes I give myself a day off, but I miss it if I do. Um, And dance, 100%. Dance, yeah. I haven't danced like Latin dance for a month and I'm like, yeah. I think and, you know, to know when you're doing something that you love, if I dance, I don't need sleep. Like, oh, like I, I'll go to bed, I'll go dancing and then I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up maybe six hours later and wake up with energy. Like I want to get out of bed. Wow. I think that's a, that's yeah. a really nice sign to say, you know, you're doing something that you really
0: love. It's interesting.
1: That's fascinating. I'd love to look at the biology behind that.
0: Yeah. And also I feel like you or somebody in last month has like asked, what do you do when you get sad? Oh, it was Nick. Because, because we were talking about like cigarettes and alcohol and all of these things. And I've been like, I've never been, I've never been a person with like, if I'm not feeling good that I do something destructive, I've never done that ever. I've always been, I dance. That's what I do. If if like I'm, if I'm feeling like out of sorts, out of order, I, I, I dance or sing and that's what cures me. And that's what I'm in. And
1: it's really good. Yeah. And it's quite the opposite. He's quite I the opposite. I not notice that I'm feeling bad or... I know.
0: He's, we've just established that I'm going to secretly start keeping track of him because we're curious if he's like, if like his moods are on a, you know, monthly cycle or like anything like that, but so he's not aware of them. It's very interesting. So I'm just gonna
2: you should probably notes. start to, I would recommend that you get more in touch with your feelings. Really start to feel them because I think feelings are something that people try to kill. They're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, when's this sadness gonna go? Like, Oh God, when I'm just gonna have to wait for this, like, Oh, this happiness is great, but it's probably not gonna last. Whereas I think that is our compass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So instead of it being something that comes and goes, you should actually let it be something that directs your life.
0: We've talked about, he feels like at some point, maybe around puberty, that perhaps his like connection to the divine feminine was severed uh, and that, you know, therefore. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i mean there might have been something i mean there could have been something around the fact that you didn't want to feel something so you shut
0: off the connection to feeling could yeah i don't know i mean
1: i wouldn't this i
0: don't recall saying this you said it on a high i think we were probably on mushrooms when you were saying this so it's
1: fair for you not to remember <laughs> it doesn't sound like uh words that i would normally use
0: i was i was leading you i was specifically like asking questions about it but this is when we were talking about because i described uh uh, or like, I think you, I can't remember how this concept started, but like the, essentially the collective unconscious is re- represented by a mycelium network. And that, <laughs> have you ever, have you like seen visuals of like what that looks like? No. Well, you should. <laughs> and then essentially we're like, uh, I was like, yeah, I feel like divine feminine energy is like the umbilical cord to this mycelium network. That's like the, the collective unconscious, the oneness of everything and uh but that's where you know your powers of nurturing and your powers of emoting and all of that strength comes from and that there's so much strength from emotions and like like and certainly that's not how it's talked about yeah like emotions are seen as as weakness but I think you're doing it wrong that's only if you're if you're not letting them come through if you're if you're just actually dealing with your emotions then like what could be a more strengthening practice than that?
2: Well, yeah, so I think as we age, I think the problem is um – we, we disconnect from our feelings. Yeah. So you look at children. I actually wrote a blog post about the fact that children can be our greatest teachers. We should live more like children do. We, so, we really should because a child is just like, I feel amazing and I'm going to do more of this. And oh my God, I'm at like a child doesn't think I shouldn't play so much today because I've got that big play date tomorrow. They're just like, I'm going to fucking play the shit out of this day and then I'm going to pass out underneath the table, you know? And they just, they just live for this now moment. and this is and they are so focused on what makes them feel good right so and you know I mean that's why often like I mean I do so much work with essential oils because I believe nature has the answer and often we don't have access to these beautiful environments where we can just be in them that will heal us naturally sometimes we're in a big city and we need it in a bottle but I you see kids I mean they resonate with them because they're like this makes me feel good this makes me feel good mama want more of that this makes me feel good and that's really all we should do that's really, and I, yes, there are some things in life that we have to do as adults to like make money and stuff like that, but really there has got to be time in your day for stuff that just makes you feel good. And when you take like, even like one of my friends was saying, when she takes her kids out, like when she takes her kids in Hong Kong and they're in the city and they're playing at like a computer arcade or whatever, they're constantly needing stuff to be stimulated. But if you take them into nature, they only come back when they're hungry. Wow. Yeah, that's so because true. Because they yeah. just, they they just, nature takes care of them
1: you know, and they feel good. It's fascinating, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah.
0: Powerful. So you guys are very lucky to be here. <laughs> yeah, I, we definitely came here on purpose. It's my first time not living in a city. Yeah, and it's very far opposite from a city, and I, I, had, I had no idea of, uh, I mean, I think definitely America in particular, it has this undercurrent of uh, stress and paranoia and a culture definitely. of complaining as the way of relating. And getting away from all of that and being in nature, it's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize, you know, I had all these health problems before we moved to Thailand and thought they were just like my health problems that I would have forever. And then coming here and being like, oh, that was all a 100% stress induced. I didn't even know I was fucking stressed. Uh, and now I'm not. Wow. My body acts so different. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and scary. <laughs> and power. Uh, what is the most environmentally friendly thing you do and the main environmentally friendly thing you want others to do?
2: Um, I think it's like, well, it sounds pretty lame, but like, um, just like very, very conscious about like how much paper and plastic I use. So it's really interesting because I think corporates have a really, really big role to play in many areas because they have access to their employees for such a long amount of time. So I think what, like, for example, when I first started working in the corporate world, I remember like, I was like, oh my God, we have to print double-sided. Like that's so lame. Like why (laughs) would I do that? And then like pan forward two years later and you're at the photocopy machine, you're like, oh my God. I didn't press double sided, <laughs> and you feel like shameful. Yeah. You're like oh, no one sees me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is printing on one side. Oh my god! And so things like that. Or like if I get a plastic bag, I'll be like, this is not just a one time use. Yeah, right. I'm going to throw this plastic bag out after it's been used many, many times, and there's probably something spilled inside. Yeah. So I think, but that's just, yeah. I think that's just that's just so innate. I mean, I just don't do it any other way. Yeah. And what do you want other people to do? I would just, yeah, I would say just constantly question, like, question what effect. I mean, I actually, for some time, I worked, when I was working in Dubai, I was working, um, we bought a subsurface irrigation system over from the US into the Middle East and it worked on sand. And I know too much about subsurface irrigation. But the interesting thing was I learned a lot about water and the fact that, you know, soon there will be wars on water. Yeah. Um, because we take that for granted. Yeah. And I think um, that, I mean, that's another big thing for me. So if somebody puts a tap on or a shower on and they're not in the shower and it's like they just like walk away from it, I freak out. Like yeah. I start to really freak <laughs> <You> out. <too. laughs> and I think that's like, also like with Australia, it's like you, you have so many water restrictions. It's like you don't wash your car unless it's on top of the grass or what, whatever. So I think being really, just really – Conscious about your use of water but also appreciate water because what happens if one day you go to turn the tap on and nothing comes out? Has anyone ever thought about that? Because that is not that far away. And so I think that's really – and also the fact that like, yeah, the use of energy, I mean, I didn't know until I started working in subsurface irrigation in order to like – energy requires water. Mm -hmm. So just thinking about like stuff like that, like transportation requires water. So, yeah.
1: Just, I read an article the other day that was talking about a. I forget where he was from originally but he went to Afghanistan and he went there originally like a doctor but he realized that there was like millions of people that didn't have clean drinking water and adopted he didn't use Japanese so he used a Japanese technique of irrigation to supply like I mean millions of people with water and then he was killed by the Taliban. What like, the like, fuck yeah, why? It like, I think it, I don't know if it was necessarily intentional or targeted. oh my god they plan to
2: use that as a form of control
1: yeah Mm. but this
2: is interesting because in the middle east also there was a big thing um around desal desalinization so taking the salt out of the seawater right but actually like to save the water like we've, we've done this like it was this whole like look at how forward thinking we are but it's like in order to transport that water you're using water yeah right in the trucks so and it's also probably not the healthiest way to yeah yeah. To be consumed. So it's, yeah, I think just questioning things. I think, yes. um, one of my very dear friends is vegan. Um, and she tries to force her veganness
0: on everybody. uh uh-uh. And I think that's dangerous. I it's don't think so that dangerous. Gets anywhere. Yeah, that anyone, only makes anywhere. people defensive and closed off to the.
2: Yeah, and I really think that you know you have to do what you're passionate about. So don't try and make someone passionate about what you're passionate about. Yeah, I think that that's something I really learned actually when I started my spiritual journey. I was like reading Eckhart Tolle, and I was like, "You don't understand. No one understands this." Oh my god, you've got to read Eckhart Tolle. Like everyone's like, <laughs> "Louise, shut the fuck up." And then it's like you just have to be the change. Yes, you just be the change, and then people will start to come to you. And I think that's really important. And I actually heard something really interesting not long ago. Uh, it was like a woman was at a like a conference and um and she was like, you know, like I've changed and I've become like I've found myself and I've found this new world and I just feel like my husband, my son, they just don't want to come along on the journey and they just don't get it. They don't understand. And this guy, he was it was the teachings of a monk, and he was like, Well, I guess maybe you should try and tolerate them like they're tolerating you And I thought, That's fucking brilliant. Like because that was me too. I was like thinking, oh my god, look at me. Like you never you
0: can't no one can see what I can see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like how annoying is that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, the main issue we have with the, the pie breed of hippies. Right. Is that everybody's walking around thinking, like, I know so much better than you. I'm so much more woke than you. I think it's worse in some other places. It's in other places, maybe.
2: Oh, like, yeah. I really? think it's –
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Interesting,
2: yeah. I feel like here they kind of do it politely. Uh. Like, it's a good, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the vegan thing is
2: – Don't push it on people. Yeah. It's like – don't see if I'm eating cheese. Don't judge me. I'm yeah. eating cheese. Yeah. yeah, makes me happy. I tell totally
1: like, a responsible way to yeah. even eat meat. But I did, you know, also think meat's healthy. <laughs> Big fan, humanely raised. Meat. Um, last one. What, why do people do small talk?
2: Oh, that's a really good one. Um, probably because maybe it's because they don't know, like, who, like, they don't know what brings them to life. And so it's just kind of like, just going along with the, the general population because I think probably if you, if you really find out what you love to do, then you start to have conversations around it and then you learn what a really in-depth, meaty, soul-feeding conversation is like and then you're like, I'm going to have not one of those again. Yeah. So I would say really try and find out who you are, what you love and bring that to the world and find other people that love that too because then you will find a place where you
0: belong and when you find that, magic happens. Beautifully said. Yes. Well, wow. uh, plug plug your things. Tell people where to find you. And uh... yeah. So if you
2: guys, so this is just new. I built a link tree. Does everyone know what a link? Well, guys, Google link tree, and it's exceptional existence. So you just need to look for my link tree, which is called exceptional existence, and I have all of my links on there. So I've got my women's dance retreats, I've got my women's sexuality platform, I've got my find your voice program, and all of my Facebook and Instagram pages as well. Nice.
0: So exceptional existence on link tree. I've not heard of Linktree. Well, I went to your Linktree this morning, but it was my first time. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it seems very useful.
1: my my first hearing of it. (laughs)
0: Linktree. Yeah. Useful. We have so many things to link to. (laughs) Next time on Occasionally Interesting, we speak with Sarah from Safety Wing on creating the first country on the internet.
1: I I mean, when we talk about the free market or, or even use the word capitalism, I mean, capitalism has
2: a bit of an evil ring to it. Uh, But to me, that expression just means human nature on a macro level. Um, And then how we need to handle it. I mean, if you look at human nature on a macro level, that's essentially just a ton of humans. And I, I like to imagine that as a river. You can't stop it, but you can try to direct it.
1: Be sure to tune in next week for more Occasionally Interesting.